thick hot tongue down my throat, I fell to my knees and slobbered all over his thick meat like the slut I was. When I got drugs and liquor in my system, lust controlled my brain. After we both had lain on the cot in complete climax euphoric exhaustion for some time, I got up and got dressed. Where are you going? He asked, looking at me but not seeing me since he wasn't wearing his glasses. Out, I replied in a manner that meant it was time for him to go. Can I come along? No. Oh, why not? Because I'll be with my friends getting high. I want to meet your friends. I love you. He said as he placed his glasses onto his bearded face and began to hurry and get dressed. Maybe some other time, I said. I was waiting for him to finish dressing so we could leave. Then he gave me those puppy dog eyes through those thick shot glasses and something hateful came over me. You said you loved me like I love you, he whined. What? I could never love anything as hideous as you. I spat out venomously. I turned my back on Bernard and opened the door. Within seconds, I felt a knife to my throat. He pulled me by the collar away from the door and kicked it shut. He swung me around and pointed the knife to my crotch. How would you like me to make you my bitch? He yelled in anger. Again, something took over my being. I didn't know what was happening to me at that moment, and like in San Francisco, I passed out for what seemed like just a second. When I recovered, I found myself standing over Bernard. He was yelling like a crazy maniac, holding his throat as blood dripped through his thick fingers. He quickly got up, still holding his throat, and with the other hand, he opened the door to a crowd in the hallway. They all gasped as they watched him escape down the emergency exit stairway. One of the tenants from the crowd came over to me. Oh, are you okay, honey? He asked. We heard a lot of screaming. He stared at the bloodless knife laying on the floor. Then two security guards got off the elevator. Okay, what happened? Asked the older guard. He was attacked, yelled out one of the tenants. Instead of being at the strap, getting my dick sucked, I was filling out forms in the security office, writing down to the best of my recollection the events that led up to Bernard's injuries. I had to make it up because I didn't know what happened. I had passed out. I left work that next day and went straight to my room. The experience from the night before had left me drained. As I entered the room, I found a note under the door. It stated that my actions at the YMCA didn't meet their standards. I was given an hour to pack my clothes and to extricate myself from the premises. There was a knock at the door. It was the night manager. Mr. Seth, I have to ask you to immediately leave the Y because of your behavior last night. We will reimburse the remaining rent, but this kind of behavior is not tolerated here, he explained. 
After I packed and got my refund check, a security guard escorted me to the entrance. I said my goodbyes and showed up once again unannounced on my parents' doorstep in Spanish Harlem. After another hard day's work as a car transporter, my final destination was 42nd Street, Times Square, sitting at the bar at McCain's. During this particular happy hour, as I sat there gulping down my third and last three-for-one drink, this scruffy-looking, pimple-faced dude stumbled over me. ¿Qué pasa? he said. Nada, I replied. Hey, man, buy me a drink, he demanded. Give me some dick, I demanded. And that was how the night went until I spent close to $50 on drinks between us. His name was Paco, and the night ended with me paying his way onto the subway. He sipped on the Irish rose wine I had bought him for the trip home. Home for him was a flea-infested welfare hotel in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. We took off our clothes in this closet of a room. I was anticipating making passionate love to him, but he was anticipating more wine. Paco had a fleshy, chubby body. His chest was hairless, and he had bulbous, hairy balls hanging from his huge, thick, uncut sausage. I sucked on that thing for hours, almost choking on it because it was so fat. Mr. Paco hadn't had an erection in a long time, as his alcoholism and drug addiction kept him impotent. It wasn't until I felt my sore jaw and aching knees that this became apparent to me. I noticed within the dimly lit room these strange markings on his body. They looked like birthmarks. Are these birthmarks? I asked. In his drunken stupor, he looked at them and said, No, they're from the abductions, he answered as he fell off to sleep. I threw him a $5 bill for his troubles and left in the dawn's early light. It was obvious the drugs and alcohol had taken over his senses. A week later, on payday, I went back to McCain's bar. I sat at the bar gulping down the three-for-ones. Another dude, a skinny, pimple-faced, homeless man, approached me. When I was in heat, I tended to ignore the danger signs. I bought him a couple of drinks. He made this proposal to me about getting him high and how much dick he was going to give me. Of course, I had to see the merchandise before I made any commitments. I followed him into the bar's restroom. He pulled out his semi-hard thick sausage. Uh, can it get hard? I asked. Sure can. Come check it out, he replied. I played with it for a couple of seconds, and the damn thing stiffened up to what looked like eight inches. Good enough for me. So out in the night we went. We actually walked 30 blocks to the west side to this apartment building. He dangled his thick cock down his pants leg to keep me in a state of anticipation. We entered the vestibule of the building 
and he pushed one of the bell buttons. We got buzzed in, and he led me to his apartment, where a door was unlocked and open. We walked inside into a hallway. At one end was the kitchen, at the other end a bathroom. In between were the living room and three different bedrooms. He led me to the living room. It was empty with the TV blaring. He motioned for me to sit down, and then he headed down the hallway. He returned with this shanky-looking woman with matted hair. She wants $25, he said. Huh, for what? For dope, he exclaimed with this duh look on his face. I took off my right shoe and went into my sock and gave her the money. Both of them took off into the night. They returned with a clear bag of powder. He opened the bag and poured the contents into another powder, and he cooked it all in a silver spoon. When it all turned to liquid, he took out a hypodermic needle and sucked up the liquid. Then he came over to me, pushed my head back, and proceeded to puncture the insides of my nostrils with the needle. I felt the warm liquid filter in my nose and throat. Then he took the rest of the liquid and shot it into his arm. He sat down next to me and pushed my head down on his thick wad of a cock. I licked the heavy wad, but it didn't stiffen up like before. When I looked up to peer into his eyes, he was nodding out on me. Hey, I yelled. Well, what? He asked as he yanked open his eyes. Well, looky here. Get this thing up, I demanded. He pushed me off him, stood up and housed his cock. Let's go, he said as I followed him into the night. He appeared to be quite annoyed with me and I couldn't understand why. I should have been annoyed with him. I had given him $20 for heroin so he could have some fun, like me, sucking him to completion and swallowing his love juice. I followed him into a dark vestibule of an abandoned building on Columbus and 88th Street. I followed him into the gray area near the apartment at the end of the hallway. The lights from the street lamp post led the way. He quickly turned around facing me with a billy club and hit me on my ankles. Take your fucking shoes off, he demanded. He continued to hit me on my legs. I was startled and confused. Was it the 100% proof vodka or the speedball? Say what? I asked as I kept avoiding the clubbing. Take your fucking shoes off and give me the money. Look, don't act stupid. I know you keep your money in your shoe. Actually, he was correct. I don't know what got into me, but all I did was stare at him. And in my head, I started thinking, get away from me. Get away from me. Oh, shut up, he screamed. Get away from me, echoed in my head. I said shut up and give me the money. He dropped the billy club and held his hands over his ears. Get away from me. Get away from me, rang constantly in my brain. Shut, shut up. Shut up. You're in my head. Shut up, he cried. An apartment next door to us swung open, and an old lady yelled out, 
Get the hell out of here before I call the cops. She startled both of us, and my assailant jettisoned into the night. I tried following him, but my fat body couldn't keep up. I ran in the opposite direction once I cleared the apartment building. The whole incident of the night made me too hungry to think of what had just happened. So I did my usual and walked over to 96th Street and Broadway to the subway station. I made a pit stop at KFC and ordered a bucket of chicken. I was sitting in the Christie Street Park in the Lower East Side, New York City. It was a midsummer at two o'clock in the morning. I was boozing and snorting my blues away as usual. I still hadn't gotten my buzz on, so now I was high and dry needing a man to fulfill me. I came to the realization that not only was Morris incapable of love, but he also wasn't willing to even try. His plan for us was for me to allow him and his mistress to live with me in my third floor, seven room brownstone apartment in Park Slope. He'd be screwing me in the next room behind her back. A friend told me about the cruising that went on in the park. I sat with my dry mouth fantasizing about meeting hot hung dudes. I didn't notice the stocky cafe au lait man who was standing over me. Hello, he said calmly. As I looked up, I screamed, Raymond! He stood there with a smile showing teeth, his bright hazel eyes and his huge cock pulsating down his pants leg. He nodded to me and began walking away. I followed him into the night. We stopped in front of this tenement building that looked ancient. After having to shimmy through the narrow vestibule door because of my wide body, we walked up three flights of a constricted stairway in which my fat body could also hardly fit. We stopped at the fourth floor from the stairs. I was completely out of breath. I thought I was having a heart attack. Raymond waited until I had caught my breath before he knocked three times. The door flung open, revealing an aged man who must have been in his 80s. He had snake eyes and a Cheshire cat smile. He greeted us, dressed in his tidy whites. As we entered the one-room loft, I felt very uncomfortable. On one side of the far wall, were a kitchen sink and a bathtub next to it, followed by an old-style electric refrigerator. Opposite of them was an antiquated stove and pantry. I asked to use the bathroom and was led to two closets. One was a real closet, and the other was a closet with a toilet bowl and a roll of toilet paper. As I sat on the commode with a leaking water tank hanging over my head, I didn't know if it was the Boone's Farm or the Southern Comfort that was pulling out of my ass. All I knew was that I didn't want to shit all over Raymond's big dick when he plunged it into me. I was too obliterated to have been embarrassed about the stench emanating from the toilet closet. I used up almost all of the roll of toilet paper to deep 
between my obese ass, which was a struggle with my fat short arms. My left hand pulled my left ass cheek as far apart from my right ass cheek as possible, while my right hand reached as deep as it could, wiping the shit residue from my pleasure hole with the toilet paper. Since there was no sink in this toilet closet, I realized that I had to wash my hands in the kitchen area of the loft. As I exited the closet, I noticed that the loft was dark, and by the large bay windows in the shadows, I saw two bodies on the king-size platform bed. One guy was on his knees with his head in the crotch of the other guy lying on the bed. I walked over to the bed. It was Raymond getting his dick sucked from the old geezer. Raymond noticed me standing there and watching them. Hey, Seth, this is Malloy. I'm staying with him for a while. He wants to watch us have sex. He smiled. Really, I said sarcastically. Take your clothes off. Malloy grinned. The reflection of the streetlight focused on his rotten teeth. Come on, baby. Take your clothes off, reiterated Raymond. I obeyed. Raymond watched me lick his joystick and motioned to Malloy to join in. I did not like that at all. Malloy and I were competing for Raymond's dick. I was sucking on Raymond's dickhead when I looked down and in the grayness of the loft, I saw a split tongue grabbing the base of Raymond's dick, going up and down on the fat, huge shaft. Raymond began to moan and I was freaking out at the sight, trying my best to stop what I was doing. Raymond had his hand planted down on my head and kept thrusting his cock deep down my throat, forcing my lips to clash with the old geezer's split tongue. I wanted to stop, but was forced to continue the assault until I smelled the sweet metallic odor, which was a signal that Raymond was about to drop a huge load. Like clockwork, I drank his nectar as he fell asleep, and when I escaped his grasp, I began to get dressed. Stay a while. He's going to want more when he awakes, Malloy said. I said nothing to the rotten, split-tongued old freak. I got dressed and went back home to my parents. 1980. It must have been a crime to always be this horny. I guess that was the price I paid for being young and obese. I was in the Metropolitan, a pornographic movie theater on the corner of 14th Street and 3rd Avenue in late winter. It was cold and dreary outside and hot with horny men inside. I brought along my courage, a pint of wild Irish rose, and a tab of mescaline. I was prepared to suck, fuck, and pass out. At least I wasn't homeless. I was living with my parents. I wasn't broke. I was collecting my unemployment checks. And I was still alive in those mysterious days. I sat for an hour in the main section of the first floor watching the pornographic movie screen. I downed my wine, 
My courage was on full throttle and I was off to the back of the movie screen where all the action took place. The darkened place was lit up by the action on the big screen. Men stood around with their pants down being serviced by other men on their knees. Men fully clothed roamed through the maze looking for cocksuckers. I just stood still in the middle of the action, observing. I didn't know whether to get on my knees or take out my dick. A man came over in a baseball cap who grabbed my head and began pushing it down towards his exposed cock. It became a menage a trois when another man in a baseball cap came up behind him, pulling my ass over to him. He yanked my pants down. I had both my holes filled up with dick. As the man in the back pounded my ass, which pushed me forward and caused me to gag on the thick cock in my mouth, a familiarity came over me. I had had this cock before. Then, a familiar sweet metallic odor emanated from his hairy crotch. In synchronicity, the two men moaned in ecstasy. Calm ran down my leg and out my mouth, and I swallowed what was left in my mouth. I quickly stood up before the man in front of me left, and I yelled out, Raymond! He said nothing, or even acknowledged that he was the person in question. I pulled up my pants over my ass as the seaman raced down my leg. My pants felt a little light. The lump in my back pocket wasn't there anymore. I went after the two men with the big cocks, but I was more determined to go after the thieves. I followed them through the audience into the lobby, trying my best to keep my fat legs going as fast as I could. They were a yard ahead of me, and I didn't want to yell out his name again and cause a scene. As soon as we exited the movie theater into the night air, I screamed again, Raymond! Raymond! The two men came to a dead stop, but one of them then continued his escape up Third Avenue. The other turned to face me with his bright, even teeth in a smile. Oh, hey, babe, what's up? He said. He had me. Those hazel eyes, that lean, broad-shouldered physique, those great big hands, that muscular, round ass, those thick, muscular thighs, and the pulsating bulge between his legs had me melting for more. I just smiled. It's uh, been a long time, babe, he said as he caressed my man boobs and stuck his split tongue down my throat, entrapping my tongue and choking it with his. The freaky sensation had me in a cold sweat. None of the New York pedestrians noticed our existence, which was quite normal for 14th Street and 3rd Avenue traffic. I came to my senses and quickly cast out his lizard tongue and backed away. You robbed me, I exclaimed. Or say what? he asked. One of you took my wallet out of my back pocket. Oh, it wasn't me, babe. He smiled as he grabbed my hand, 
rubbing it on his hard, long cloth cock that was protruding down his leg. I jerked my hand away. Stop it, I yelled. Stop bullshitting me. You know what you did. Give it 